We are all worthy, strong, and committed, and we are ready to go beyond our own limitations. Welcome back, my friends and loved ones, to the Rebel Minded Podcast. I'm your host, Zach, with my co-host, Thor, of course, and I'm here as a friend, a creator, a powerlifter, and a provocateur. And we are here to learn to question the one thing that keeps us from our best, ourselves. Join me as we dive deep to question and strengthen our communication and our vulnerability, create a healthier mind to commit to our goals, and how to give more to our lovers and the world. We're going to face the uncomfortable truths of what it means to be authentically and uniquely flawed, but awesome humans. So, let's get rebel-minded. Also, I'll bring in stories of all things powerlifting, Thor shenanigans, and probably some embarrassing mishaps. Let's do this. Hello, my lovely, lovely humans. <laughs> it's good to talk to you again. I feel like it's been a long week. It's been a long one. I'm your host, Zach, for the Rebel-Minded Podcast, the RMP, and it's been a good week. It's been a good week. Uh, my powerlifting stuff is going great. I'm I'm able to bench again, which... I didn't know if I told you guys anyway, but it's fantastic. With you know, having such an issue with my wrist these past few years, I had a dislocation when I was 25, 26. And um having the ability to be under a bar again, you know, being able to do bench again is mind-blowing for me and it's it means a lot to me to be able to do and it's been by the help of you know, just a, a handful of random people. At this point, not even a doctor. And it's amazing what limited mindset I had because of pain, because of uh, deterioration, because of, uh, I guess, the unknown, not realizing that I still had to way to work with it. And to avoid you know major detail um we started working on some mobility and strengthening things and it's it's changed my ability to hold a bar in my hands and i know that doesn't mean a lot to you guys but it means a lot to me and that's been a lot of where my life has revolved around uh lately and i'm gonna i'm going to compete in may um in a uspa meet so i'm stoked about that the weather's getting warm I'll be getting my motorcycle back from the shop soon. So for me, the things are on the up. And there's always the waves, you know? And I think the beauty of it is feeling the the negative waves coming and being able to accept them and analyze them and release them, if that makes sense. It our our negative side, our our the bottom of our swells can be a lot less painful, in my opinion, when we allow them to be what they are and also know how to get ourselves out of them. And so how is your week gone emotionally, spiritually, physically? How, how are you guys? I, I'm just hoping you guys are on the same page with me. Maybe we're running in parallel this week. Um, but whatever you're doing... I love you for doing it. Don't fucking give up on it. Because it takes a lot of 
persistence. It takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of resilience to continue to do what we want to do because the changes and the progress and the growth is in such minuscule pieces, you know, such these itty bitty pieces that it's very easy to give up. You know, it's very easy to want to try something else because it doesn't feel like we're getting anywhere. But that's the importance of finding our passion and finding out what we're meant for and, and really striving for what we want most in life. Because when you're facing all of these things, when you're facing the doubt, when you're facing uh, the anguish, when you're facing you know, the swells, the ups and downs, and you're facing a lot of people that may not believe in what you're doing, what gets you through is your desire and your passion and the way that you dream. So one of the biggest things that I was ever able to realize that I had was my resilience. It's, it's huge. And it's gotten me farther than I ever thought that it would. It's gotten me to the point where I understand myself more. I'm more confident. I, I understand my own self-control. I understand my ability to create the environment that I want and be around the people that I want and need. Resilience is going to be one of the greatest factors that you have in your pocket. And so with that, I want to introduce you to somebody that, in my opinion, is a resilience master. Because once you hear her story you'll be able to relate things to your own and you'll be able to understand how important that resilience is. So without giving too much away, I'm going to introduce her to you and I hope you all had an amazing week. I can't wait to hear from you guys next week. Get ready for the next guest. The next guest is going to be just as good and all the ones after. So here we go. All right, guys, I want to introduce you to somebody new to the podcast. Her name is Leanne LB, and she has been through more than she has imagined possible in the 28 years of her life. She took every opportunity thrown at her and learned how to apply positive psychology and resiliency in order to thrive in her own life. After being laid off from her corporate job and career, she ended up jumping at the chance to chase her passion of sharing those practices with the world around her. And as a certified life coach and personal trainer, and now even a business owner, Leanne's goal is to help put the power back in people's hands to build a life of happiness and authenticity. And the reason I brought Leanne on today is because I try to find, to the best of my ability, some sort of message with another person that runs parallel to mine. And some of the most similar things that I have with Leanne is this form of resiliency. And then there's also like the fitness world and obviously puppies. You guys got to see your puppies, but um, I'm going to introduce you to her and I can't wait to have you guys hear from this amazing person. Leanne, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and let's start on your story. Awesome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, Again, yeah, I am Leanne LB or Livelsberger is really my last name. But um, again, like we talked about, my husband gifted me with this 
lovely <laughs> long last name. So um, we do go by the LBs, so it's just much easier that way. Um, but yeah, like you touched on, I'm a certified life coach, uh, full-time, also a certified personal trainer. Um, I do a lot of other things. I wear a lot of hats. Um, I'm also a certified Reiki practitioner. Um, you know, yeah. So as well as, like you said, a business owner during the pandemic, um, it was kind of an eye opener that I was maybe not following um, who I was truly and in my career path. And I knew there was a lot more for me. And so I kind of took that and ran with it. And um, yeah, so life coaching was born and I found journey through, through that struggle. So Awesome. So before we um, had initially gotten to know each other, um, you told me about your story and it was pretty insane as far as like (laughs) anything that's that's come upon my ears. Um, Can you tell everybody kind of what you've gone we've gone through? Because this resiliency factor that we kind of have that similarity in is awesome. Like that's, that's one of the biggest parts of our journey that I think is super important. So why don't you tell everybody kind of what you've gone through and why resiliency is so important in your life? Yeah. So that's a huge question. Um, and it's, I want to preface by saying that I don't share my story at all, you know, for sympathy or for anyone to feel bad or, um, you know, for me to be like, oh, look what I did in life, you know, but really just to be that hope for um, anybody in a similar position on any one of the things that I'm going to talk about um, and just know that it's possible to do great things afterwards and it's possible to get over, um, you know, get through certain things. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll start, you know, at high school, childhood, you know, we all have, we all have struggles, you know. Um, totally so many of them right yeah yeah high school was just really hard you know I was born to um teenage parents who I love love dearly um and growing up you learn that they did the best that they could but with that came you know a lot of a lot of struggles and a lot of um difficulty with just knowing the best way to handle certain things Mm -hmm. um and so when I was in high school I was bullied a lot and and I hate to say bullied but girls are mean (laughs) right they can be Um, they can be vicious I mean mean girls right yeah mean girls not girls I love girls (laughs) and everyone but um yeah so you know I I had trouble there because um I didn't feel like I fully fit in um and that's that was really something that I struggled with I was a guy's girl um I was very into sports Um, I was in, I was in gymnastics, so I was in the gym literally from, you know, the time I was two until I was 17, you know, five hours a night, five days a week traveling, um, and things like that. So, um, I didn't have much time to make a ton of friends, but my friends were, were guys. And so that was something that was really hard to maneuver in high school. Um, you know, and, and I went to college and just like everyone else, I had a great college experience and uh, met a lot of amazing people, people that I'm friends with to this day. Um, and I ended up getting into a relationship with somebody that was um, very much a normal pattern for me. It was somebody that I wanted to fix um, or try to fix. And, you know, he happened to succumb to alcohol and drug addiction, um, unfortunately, when he was um 22. So that was something that I did not ever see myself having to deal with. 
Yeah. Um, you know, being being 22 and and engaged and in a relationship with your college sweetheart, you even though there were problems, um, it was just. I mean, it left me, you know, speechless. It left me on my knees on the floor, just, you know, questioning every single thing in my whole life. And so that was really the turning point for me. Um, it really opened my eyes to how short life was and all of the things that I was doing prior to that point um, that were, I don't know, they, they didn't feel authentic anymore and they felt like you know I, I had been living this life of I was in bodybuilding and I was doing you know I was working three jobs and I was constantly doing the things um to, to better myself but I didn't feel any better after that you know yeah. I didn't have the I didn't have any of the tools that I thought I had um and so from there I really I really started my journey um and then I met my husband at my now husband shortly, shortly, very shortly after that happened. Um, and I moved to New Jersey and I, I began this beautiful, uh, journey to self-discovery. And then, um, so this past year, which I know everybody, everyone has, has gone through 2020, um, in some way or another, they came out on the other side different, but for us, um, it was very tumultuous. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we started 2020 buying our brand new house, which was really exciting. And then literally the week after was when the whole world shut down. Um, so that was really challenging. Um, I lost a job that I love dearly. Uh, I thought was going to be my career. I was a marketing manager for, you know, Top Golf, which is a billion dollar industry. Mm -hmm. And it was really, you know, some, somewhere I, I saw myself staying. And so losing that was really difficult. And then um, shortly after that, we suffered a miscarriage, uh, my husband and I. And that was something that we didn't know prior to it happening. But after it happened, I think it was really, you know, devastating, especially for him. You know, for me, not that it, it wasn't sad, but I'm so much of a, you know, what will be, will be <laughs> yeah. kind of person. And so for me, it was just... Um, it was another notch in my belt of things that I had to find meaning for. And then, um, you know, he was in law enforcement at the time and there was a lot of things happening around us and, you know, he was military for 11 years. And of course, you know, we all know how mental health is treated in both of those professions. And so it kind of caught up to him and, you know, I know he'll be okay with me sharing because he shared publicly before, but, um, he did have a suicide attempt in July. Um, and so that was actually my first day of journey, my first day of life coach school. Um, I was dealing with that behind the scenes. And, um, you know, July came and went and I had some, some issues, you know, come about with my family and in November, October timeframe. And then in December, um, my husband woke up one day and decided that he wanted to divorce me. <laughs> um, and, you know, shortly after, of course, I found out that there was, there was some other things going on, you know, behind my back that would count definitely as infidelity. And so um, my, just, my world did not look the same. <laughs> yeah. You know, after, after 2020, my, I, I just, I was in a place of like, what else could possibly happen? 
And so that is kind of where my story is up until this point. And, you know, back to your question about resiliency, I've just, I've been in so many situations where I had, cho I had two choices. Well, I had more than two choices, but for me, I had two choices. I had um, lay down and let this thing destroy you mm -hmm. personally, uh, physically, emotionally, spiritually, or use it to level up. Um, and so each time the harder decision for me was to use what I was going through and level up from it and use what I was going through and say, okay, not why is this happening to me, but what is this doing for me? Mm -hmm. um, and I thought, I think that's, you know, I, I don't know where I got the strength to do that. Um, but at the end of the day, I knew that I just, I had this vision of this person that I wanted to be. Mm -hmm. And even though all of these things were happening, I just, I just kept going. And I kept telling myself, like, it's possible to get through this. And I, and I leaned on, on people around me, but ultimately it came with the decision that I wanted to level up from that. I wanted to become more authentically me through that experience. And I didn't want it to take away the amazing qualities that I've built in myself over the years. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot there. I hope there's people that aren't on the other side of this, like having heartbreak right now, because I feel like I've got a little bit of heartbreak. Uh, I read it. And then once, uh, now that I hear you saying it, it's, it's, it's harder. Um, do you think that there is, is something that stood out that made it possible for you to, to break through all this stuff? Is there something like in the beginning um, of your childhood or like what, what kind of stuff was going through your mind to be able to, to handle all of that? Yeah. So that's a great question. And one that I've really only just discovered recently. Um, yeah. I did an exercise with a coach and I basically, I, I graphed out my whole life. And I mm -hmm. put on a piece of paper all of the things in my life that I thought were great points and happy points and positive. And then the ones that I thought were that really stood out to me that were a really bad negative experience. And I was looking at the pattern of this and it was, you know, a lot of stuff literally from birth to now. Um, and after every experience that I had, I catapulted myself into a positive experience, whether that be, um, you know, and I guess this could go both ways, but diving into bodybuilding or, mm -hmm. um, you know, being a competitive gymnast my whole life, those are very extreme things. Oh yeah, very much so. <laughs> um, you know, they're all very extreme sports and they're very, they're very mentally taxing and they take a lot of mental toughness. And so I think from, you know, I really accredit a lot of my strength to gymnastics because I mean, you get hurt constantly, you know, it's mentally taxing on your brain, on your body, on your friendships, on your family life. Um, and really I was taught from a young age to push through those feelings because ultimately I had a goal. Um, and that goal was to, you know, do better at my next competition or to qualify for states or to qualify for nationals. And so I was always on the prize. Um, and I think that instilled in me at a very young age that I was able to take whatever I was feeling in the moment and assign meaning to it, but mm -hmm. continue to move through it. Um, yeah. 
And so, you know, that's something that stands out, but it's also just a pattern in my life of, you know, the bad things that happen. And then I, I am able to take it and create something amazing out of it. And I guess, yeah, that's just a learned behavior. Um, and that's something that I'm so passionate about is the fact that I was not born like that, <laughs> you know, and maybe, maybe some of us are born more resilient than, than the other, but it definitely takes practice. Um, and that is something that I really want to just share with the world is that, you know, it's possible, even if you're in a place where you feel like you can't, or these things seem completely, you know, you look at my story or my life and you're like, I have no idea how you're here, alive, functioning, <laughs> like, you know, cause I think those things too sometimes, but it's the repetitive action of choosing um, to move through it in a way that benefits you spiritually, emotionally, mentally, all of the things, instead of um, succumbing to that feeling of just brokenness. Yeah, no, I, I, mine is definitely different. You know, um, I kind of had a, uh, an end all be all or, you know, kind of like a, you know, this is the bottom of my pit kind of kind of moment, you know, and it, it can definitely be an extremely dark spot. Um, and it, it, it seems like there tends to be like this, this spark, you know, maybe, or, or this random light that kind of shows up and, and asks you what you're going to do with yourself, you know? And I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's like this conditioned um, motion, you know, that we put into play that in the beginning can be super, super shitty, I guess. And then, you know, as, as we realize, as we go through these things time and time again, I guess it, uh, it strengthens, you know, it, it becomes more clear yeah. on, on the things that we have to do. Um, and so did you, did you notice things? It, it's almost like, uh, you decided to just act on things, right? Like if you say you, you jumped into bodybuilding, um, was that, was that inspired by something dark or was that um, so, uh, like a, a previous goal that you was there, but you know, you hadn't thought about it until you'd been in a, in a moment where it mattered or. Yeah. Um, so a little bit of everything, I think it stems from a dark place. Um, mm. One of one, which that I, I didn't realize until after I was done, I think um, I was living with an addict um, and where he was my significant other and I loved him, I was very, um, I was itching for control of some kind of a situation. Yeah, reaching for, was, reaching, yeah, reaching for it. Because I, my life felt so out of control. And I had a, you know, I struggled with previous eating disorders uh, throughout college and, you know, in my younger years. And I think it was a way to mask the horrible stuff I was feeling inside in in a positive way from the outside anyway you yeah. know I thought it was yeah. I thought that's okay I'll use this for you know to be healthier or to look better or to feel better or whatever mm. um but I do think that it was stemmed from just the lack of control that I had in my life and that is all about control right I mean mm -hmm. I was in the gym one to two times a day. I was weighing everything that I was eating. I had control over my body weight. I had mm -hmm. control about what my body looked like. Um, and so I think I utilized that um, 
to, to lean into that, to escape from my reality. Yeah. And it was helpful in the moment uh, because it kept my mind somewhat in a self-development place. Uh, it wasn't all bad. You know, you have to really, you know, people that compete have to, you have to really dig deep. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, you have to really go to a place that is, you know, teaches you mental toughness and, you know, you don't always have the motivation, but you, you ignore that lack of motivation and you just do it anyway. No, I, yeah, it's something I have friends that are, that are bodybuilders. I mean, if, if, if anybody out there is lucky enough to go to kind of like a, a niche gym, or even if you don't go to a niche gym, part of that style of competition is so tough. You know, I, I had my days when I was a gym bro, pretty much, you know, and I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. I look awesome. I feel awesome. And there was this sense of control, I guess. Um, and, uh, I, I walked around at a, at a pretty low body fat until I got into powerlifting and then, you know, powerlifting kind of took over my life. And, t- and then I turned into like this little, uh, tub, tub of a hamster, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I got addicted to the, to the strength side of it. Uh, yeah. but being in the middle of that, I was surrounded by people that were in competition, that were powerlifters, that were strongman competitors, that are bodybuilders. And even though every, you know, every kind of corner has a little bit of a bias against the other for whatever, you know, ridiculous childish reasons that we have, um, there, there was something really good about that environment that, uh, we all, we all attached to, you know, and, um, I think it does a lot for a person. Did you notice any differences um, because of the people you were around? You know, because it seemed like you kind of got the sense of control, right? Yeah. And, you know, like I, I loved the gym that I went to. I'm trying to remember this was so long ago at the time um, that I did this, but the gym that I went to was at first, it was a niche gym through my Mm. first, my first bodybuilding prep. It was very much a bodybuilding gym, very much an old school weightlifting you know, you got the guys that were, you know, working out in the seventies and eighties, still in there looking jacked. Um, yeah, and, there we go. And I, I, yeah. And I loved it, you know, and it was really great and they were really motivational. Um, and I just like to go in there and not care what I had on and what I looked like. And I was normally in baggy stuff and I was just getting a good workout in. Um, and that was, that was the moment when, you know, that bodybuilding really helped me because I could look forward to that two hours that I had every day in the gym to go sweat, put my headphones on and go to a different place where, you know, I felt good. And, you know, of course we know how important it is to release all those happy hormones and things like that. So that was really, that was helpful um, in the place that I was in. And the, I guess the, the community that came with bodybuilding uh, wasn't so much from my gym, but social media. And that was back when, you know, fitness and people's fitness journey was pretty big on, on social media and Instagram. Yeah. And um, everyone was sharing their story and their transformation. And it was so inspiring. And I met people from everywhere. Um, you know, I, I live in Ohio now, but um, when I was competing in Ohio, I didn't live here. So a lot of friends in Ohio, a lot of people that I adore, um, people that were competing for so many different reasons and had so many different stories and they were just all so inspiring. And they were all women that I, you know, I never thought I was, I could have friends and connections like that, that were women just from my past experience with, mm-hmm. with me 
Latinas. And so that was so exciting to be around empowering women. So that was really my first experience with that, which I'll never forget. So. Yeah, I um, not to try to flatter everybody, but the stories I've heard from a lot of women, guys, there's a lot of shit that you just don't really that have that hard, right? I mean, there's <laughs> there's there's certain things that men, you know, have to uphold to. There is very tough things. I don't want to try to discredit. Um, sure. Guys have some tough tough stuff, especially going on. There's a lot of uh, issues with shame and stuff, but uh, women go like they're enduring a lot, and most of the times they just don't talk about it, you know, which yeah. which is not really fair. Um, but yeah, I mean, that did, did, uh, did that also kind of flow into other areas of your life? Like as you were going through bodybuilding and you kind of have this environment and you have all these people around you, did you start to notice differences elsewhere? Oh yeah. I mean, I was, you know, I was doing much better in school weirdly because even though I had three jobs and I was working full, you know, pretty much full time with those three jobs. And then I was also going to college and I was mm -hmm. also bodybuilding. Um, it just, I've never been busier in my life, but I've also never <laughs> been more productive, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it was just the kind of sense of just doing, like, don't worry about how you feel. You're just doing it, you know? Mm -hmm. And it kind of put me, it put me on autopilot a little bit. Um, and so where that was great and I got a lot of things done, I was also ignoring what I was feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of was stuff also, was pushed down. Yeah. I was also ignoring like what my actual life experience was. I was just so concerned about, you know, what I was eating next or what workout I had or what assignment I had to do or what job I had to go to um, or what bill I had to pay that I just, I really ignored a lot of things that, um, I don't know. I, I just ignored a lot of things that were happening around me that, you know, did cause a lot of trauma later on. So. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess we have only have so much energy to, to pass on. Is that kind of why you, uh, is that why you don't do it anymore? Is, you know, yeah, uh, so balance I maybe? yeah. So I don't do it anymore because I was three weeks out from my last show in, uh, 2016 when my mm -hmm. fiance passed away. Um, so he passed away when I was like literally at, at the very end of my prep. Um, and I still did the show. <laughs> I, I still got on stage. I got second place. Um, and I did the show because I was very much convinced that, you know, he would be totally pissed if I didn't, because mm -hmm. I spent, you know, 21 weeks dieting and not drinking and not going out and not eating whatever I wanted to eat, um, that it affected him as well, you know? So I still did the show and I just, afterwards, I had no desire to not live my life anymore. <laughs> I had no desire to um, spend so much time doing something for a plastic trophy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I can't, I can't get that time back now. And I wasted a lot of it. Well, not wasted. You know, I did it for a good reason at the time, but looking back, you know, my feeling at the time was that I'd wasted all this time in the gym and all this time away from him when, you know, he was really struggling and I, you know, was doing something else. And so I had a really hard time actually getting even back into the gym after because I was so triggered by being there. Um, you know, even though that was my only normalcy, I was still very triggered by the thought of 
you know, ever putting that before any type of relationship, whether that be family, significant other, friend. Um, and so I, I took some time away for a while. And what did you find? Well, I found, you know, that I, I had a lot of recovering to do as far as uh, yeah. trauma went and as far as my body went just from competing. Um, it takes a really hard toll on your body. And then obviously, you know, when you experience a trauma like that, uh, you don't really realize the effects that it has on your body until, you know, long after when you're still dealing with it. And, you know, I was dealing with symptoms of PTSD and, and things like that. So um, I found CrossFit for a little while. Ooh, CrossFitter. <laughs> yeah. So I found CrossFit for a little while in Pittsburgh when I lived there and that community was amazing. Uh, and it really, you know, it, it helped my gymnast soul. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I was really excited by all the gymnast stuff. Uh, and I picked it up really quickly, but then I moved to New Jersey. Um, and when I moved to New Jersey with my now husband, um, I really actually took some time off because I was dealing with some hormonal issues um, just from the effects of bodybuilding, you know, that aren't widely talked about. I think they're being more talked about now, which I'm yeah. happy about. Um, but yeah, so when I was dealing with that, I decided, you know, I'm just going to focus on what I'm eating, putting good nutrients in my body and not over training <laughs> because I think yeah. I had been over training for so long that my body was just like, it wasn't responding to anything anymore. And just, I'm sure my cortisol levels were through the roof and, you know, things that I know now that I didn't know then, but so I was dealing with all of that and I was reading and I was just um, diving into some books that felt aligned with my, my soul at the time. And I, and I was trying to find things that um, uncovered my authentic self because I had no idea who that was. And so, and Instead of, you know, continuing to mask it with bodybuilding and looking a certain way and all of these things, I just took some time for myself mm -hmm. and to really get to know who that was. And um, I actually accredit a lot of that to, I found the circle of women because after my great experience in bodybuilding, I was on the hunt for, you know, a circle of women that were empowering and that were supportive um, because I was living in that masculine energy for so long, I was craving, <laughs> you know, the feminine. Yeah. So I found a circle of women and um, I started to go to this red tent circle in New Jersey, which was a new experience for me. It was terrifying. <laughs> oh, of course. Um, it was terrifying. You know, I don't know anybody. I'm like, I have no idea what this is or what this means. Um, but it was a it was such a pivotal point in my healing. Um, it really taught me what holding space meant. Um, it taught me, you know, what the divine feminine looked like. Mm -hmm. And I really there, you know, surrounded by such supportive women of all ages, of all sizes, shapes, every walk of life. Um, I felt like I was safe to lean into myself. Um, and where that was really scary because I had spent so long hiding from myself and kind of masking this person with muscle and, you know, this identity of bodybuilding and this identity of, you know, well, I lost my significant other and now I'm broken. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I really started to find myself through that experience. And, and that was 
a catalyst for me of a life that I couldn't look back from anymore. It's like, you know, the story of the golden Buddha when, you know, somebody accidentally chips the rock Buddha and it's gold underneath and you find this gold underneath in yourself and you're like, holy shit, I have gold in there and I don't want to go back to the rank <laughs> form, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You start to uncover parts of yourself that you didn't know existed. And I think that's what I've been chasing ever since. I mean, so it's, and it took, it sounds like it took a lot, like a really long time to find. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's something that I think a lot of people just need to realize. And, and I say this to myself too, is it just takes such a long time and you get beat up and you know, there's so much doubt and there's so much struggle and you wonder why you're not capable of doing these things. And it's, it's really time. It's, it's just time and resiliency and like the chipping away until you actually see what's underneath there. And then once you do, it seems like you, you won't allow yourself to give up no yeah, matter what you have to endure. That's exactly it. And it's the stretching, right? It's the leaning into the fear because everything we are, you know, with our conditioning and, mm -hmm. you know, what we've been taught in life, doing anything out of that comfort zone is scary, whether yeah. it's good or it's bad. And so at the end of the day, you choose, you know, do I want this to do I want this experience to take me further into who I am authentically or and is it going to do me a disservice? So, you know, stretching in any capacity, like for instance, you know, this podcast, it, I'm, I was terrified, you know, all day I'm sitting here like <laughs> freaking out, like, oh my God, I have to tell my story. But at the end of the day, it's a good feeling of sh being stretched um, because, you know, now my my threshold for um being scared is further than it was yesterday and so that's really the point i think that i want to portray is that it's not an overnight thing it's not when you look at somebody and you're like wow how did they get there um, yeah you know i i get messages you know and that's the thing i i, I went home recently and i had someone say to me like you have it all figured out. You have it all together. You have like this great life. And it's like, yeah, it, it might appear that way, but it takes a lot of fucking work to get there. Like it's, it's a choice every single day to not succumb to the struggle and it would be so easy to do. And so I, I, you know, I think just knowing that, you know, we do have control of things. We do have control of the outcome of situations. And it just looks a little bit differently than what we're used to. You just have to stretch a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the biggest thing for me was knowing that there was a difference between my world and actual reality. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> um, did, <laughs> so, so now that you kind of formed this new, uh, this new version of yourself, once you kind of chipped away and found that little bit of gold, what is it? What, what do you think is it that, that keeps you going? Like what, what keeps you resilient? Like what keeps you feeling powerful and forward and, and leaning in? Cause I feel like a lot of people kind of fall back, you know, they kind of fall back into their little cave and then they poke their head out again and then fall back in there. I I'm guilty of this for sure. So yeah. what, what, what keeps you pushing so much? 
I think it's because I've, I've been in a place that, you know, I didn't know myself. I wasn't confident in who I was. I wasn't, you know, I, I had no clue what my future was going to look like because I just couldn't see past the next, you know, five minutes. But <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the knowing that I trust myself more than I trust anyone else in the world. And uh-huh. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about what's happening around me because I have me. I, I got me no matter what, no matter what that looks like. You know, my husband and I are going through hell and, and a, you know, it's, I think right now it's important to realize that. And I, you know, him and I have, have hesitations about coming forward with our story this early on because we're still in the healing process. But I yeah. think it's important to share that it is much, much easier for me to walk away. It would have been much easier for me to continue with the divorce. It would have been much easier for me to shame him and tell him he's awful and, you know, which I'm sure I did at some point. <laughs> and we all, all say bad things. You know, um, but I think it's realizing that he has his own story. And I'm choosing to be a part of it because I realize that people make mistakes and not everything is black and white. Yeah. And you know, he's, he deals with his own trauma and he's working his ass off right now to kind of get rid of that conditioning that, you know, masculine men and men in positions of like law enforcement and, you know, military positions can't feel their feelings and yeah. can't, you know, can't be vulnerable and can't be anything other than this like tough, awesome, motivated person you know, and I, I saw right through him from the beginning, <laughs> to be honest. Seems like uh, most women are capable of that. It's a superpower. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, I think he was really afraid of that. Um, and getting back to your question, I just think that, you know, it's, it's me trusting in the fact that no matter what the outcome is with us, I'm going to be okay. Because yeah. I have, I've done the work. I've done so much work. And I hate saying the work because it's like this, like, woo woo like the work what do you mean yeah, by yeah. work and, but the work meaning like just the things that are pulling me to be as authentic as I possibly can in my life and allow me to show up better for myself for my family for my husband for my friends that's that's what I mean by doing the work and so no matter what happens the outcome is going to be okay yeah I, I think it was, I want to say it was Jordan Peterson that had, he basically, I'm hacking this hardcore because I haven't listened to this talk for a while, but he said that basically life is suffering, you know, and you can decide to to live life and suffer the way that feels good to you or, you know, have a victim mentality and, and do it in a way that keeps you small and, and keeps you hidden away from yourself. Um that is so true. <laughs> but I think you're on the, it feels like you're on the former part of that, right? Right. Yeah. And that's, that's it. You got it. You hit the nail on the head. It's the pain. Everyone yeah. wants to run. Everyone wants to run from the pain because it doesn't feel good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody wants to face that, but I, that's the pain is where the magic happens. And, and I truly, I truly believe that. No, I, I agree. And it's, it's so, and maybe that's part of the conditioning too, is getting used to that pain and just knowing it's going to be there regardless, maybe. Sure. For you know? sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, 
you know, I do EMDR with my therapist and I have to go, you know, back through these traumatic situations and it hurts every fucking time, <laughs> you know, it hurts every time. Like there's no, there's no bypassing it if you want to get through it. And I think that's kind of what I've, I don't want to say mastered because I don't want to test the universe. I really don't. I've had enough. Um, <laughs> um, Please no more. I, yeah, no, I'm good. I'm cool. You know, I'm waving the white flag, but I, I've mastered this leaning into this pain that most people, most, I mean, yeah, most people would run from. They don't want to feel that pain. They don't want to feel the despair. But for me, it's a lesson. It's what's underneath all the pain that I'm so interested in discovering about myself because it brings me closer to me. It brings me closer to this, you know, and I hate to get woo-woo, but, you know, my highest self. And what is my highest self? Well, that's love. And, you know, if you look at it that way, you know, things are, are much easier to just kind of deal with when you know that the pain is going to be there regardless. Yeah. I mean, learn to accept that and you can pretty much tackle anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. And that's, that's kind of like, you know, I've heard so many times in the past couple of months, like I'm always in awe of how you handle things and how you carry yourself through things. And it's like, it's unfortunately a lot of practice, <laughs> a lot of practice, <laughs> you know? like years it's of that. Only, yeah. Years of years and years of practice. And, and I would never wish any of that on anybody, but I would never take it back for myself because I would just not be anywhere close to who I am without it. And um, you know, that, and that's one thing that about trauma that I, I always love to tell people is that, you know, trauma is, is a situation that happens that doesn't have meaning for you. And it, it's not categorized in the right place. Mm-hmm. And so once you assign meaning to that trauma, it is so much easier to live with. And, yeah. and so for me, I really learned that very quickly when, you know, my fiance passed away. Um, you know, it, none of it made any sense in any, you know, I mean, he was partaking in activities that were, you know, obviously dangerous and putting him a little bit, you know, closer to something bad happening. But at the end of the day, he was 22 years old, um, and had an entire life ahead of him and was very intelligent and very hardworking and very sweet and funny. Um, and to me, my, my assigned meaning to that was if that didn't happen, I don't know where I would be. I don't know who I would be because it just was a catalyst into into so many things that I really thank him for kind of being like the martyr in my life. Yeah. You know, he, he really sacrificed himself for, you know, my, the greater good of, you know, my life and the the lives around him. And I, I hate to say that, but I do believe, you know, we come here with a sole purpose. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was in my life for a reason, whatever that was. And I have to assign meaning to that. And, you know, that's how I get through every single situation. You know, my current situation is that my husband and I are rebuilding our relationship. And I have hope that it will look better than it has ever looked and would ever have looked had this not happened. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, we've, we've taken the situation and we've both, you know, decided to learn from it and our communication is better. You know, I, I'm, 
I've already been through the worst pain ever. And so talking to him about things that I, I'm afraid to talk about aren't as, aren't as difficult because we've already been through the ringer. And so now it's all on the table, you know, whatever, whatever he expects, whatever I expect, it's just, we have nothing, but we have nowhere to go, but up. Yeah. Speaking of your relationship, then do you think that there's been, I mean, the years teach us a lot of things, which, which is fantastic. Um, but there always seems to be like this, this, uh, incapability to pass somewhere if we're not open to it, I guess. You know what I mean? So I had a stage in my life where I got very hardened by, by everything. And, you know, I thought I was being open. I thought I was being a, a, a sweet partner, blah, blah, blah. And then I had gotten to a point where my heart just like got shattered. And so I just closed up and maybe this is, maybe this is more of a man thing. We're going to find out real quick. Man's going to tell yeah. us, uh, <laughs> but I got hardened up really bad and I got super resentful and I stopped paying attention to anything besides like work and working out like girls are out of the picture. Um, maybe that was my problem was it was girls instead of women. Maybe there's a, there's, maybe there's a difference there. Yeah, probably. Um, but did you have any moments like that? And did you, were you able to, did you notice it? And like, were you able to attack that or, or how would you keep yourself from being hardened up? Or if that came across as a problem? Yeah. So I don't think I ever, I ever really dealt with that. I mean, I definitely had a narrative because I mean, really, if we're being honest, I don't think I've ever been in a relationship that hasn't had infidelity, including like boyfriends and people in college and high school and things like that. So it really, it got to a point where I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, like, is it me? Like, what is going on? Like, why Mm -hmm. am I so easily, you know? And so you start on that negativity thought process. And to be honest, it's very easy to get to, but it's not serving me because it's not the truth, right? It's that, it's the other person. It's not me, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, Um, I'm just allowing people like that into my life. And so to your point, I think I never really allowed myself to be hardened because that's a defense mechanism for me. Mm -hmm. And so that isn't, being vulnerably authentic and so I wanted I always wanted to attract a partner that was my you know perfect match when I was authentically me and just being hardened wasn't going to give me the opportunity to meet somebody that was also in that in that ring you know Mm -hmm. what I mean so if that makes sense so I, I just I didn't want to close myself off to things that could potentially be really good Um, and also, you know, provide another learning lesson and things like that. So, I mean, I definitely probably shouldn't have jumped into dating so quickly after um, my ex passed away Um, that, you know, that's lesson learned. But again, I wouldn't have met my husband and, and, you know, he was really supportive of my journey to finding myself. And that was, you know, kind of the first person in my life that was, that was really supportive and, and, whatever I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. So I felt safe to, to be myself. Yeah. And I think it's a, I mean, I think we've crossed that path a few times so far. Like it's, it's very hard to um, make sure we, we get there and, and we kind of stay there, you know? Um, And it's, I think it's easy to, 
to get to a point where you're where you're fragile and because you know life's beating you up for for whatever reasons um are you are you are you a philosopher by chance because it seems like you have this logistic you know almost <laughs> stoic mind and i'm like she gets it why didn't i get it sooner <laughs> leanne's yeah. kicking my ass in this <laughs> oh my gosh um well that is I, I mean i wish i look up to so many um but i think again it just goes it just goes back to d- the doing the research and gaining the knowledge and educating myself with you know situations that kind of align that i can see myself in that i'm like mm-hmm. okay you know, this is how they view that. I love that. And I'm going to steal that. And that's then I adopt that. And I'm like, okay, this is how I live my life now. You know, um, it's just in that education where I'm, I'm learning to, you know, handle things that I never thought I, I could, um, you know, you have the, the, um, the hero's journey, which I'm so yeah. incredibly passionate about. Um, and I don't, I'm not sure if you've seen Finding Joe. Um, it's a documentary. I've been told that it's something oh, I really need to get my mind into. Oh my gosh. Joseph Campbell is amazing. Um, <laughs> I, I love his work. I love the hero's journey. I love every aspect of that because it's so true. I mean, and we can look at our lives like that. You know, we have this, this call to action where, you know, we kind of are questioned everything that we thought we knew. And then we're in this journey of self-discovery. And then, you know, we have to fight this thing um, at the end. That is, this, you know, the big dragon at the end of Mario, you know, that you have to, <laughs> that you have to yeah. battle. And then, you know, once you slay the dragon, you can kind of come back and tell the troops about it. And that's really where I'm at in this journey is taking meaning from everything that I've gone through. and using it to hopefully be an a lighthouse for somebody else and when i say a lighthouse um i had a reiki master explain this to me and how she saw me and it was really it was really cool um she said you know lighthouses don't ask for ships to come they just shine their light and the ships find it and so whoa yeah and i loved that so much and i was like yes that is me you know i'm not i just want to be this light that people can can really relate to and i just want to be as vulnerable as i possibly can because healing is not woo-woo it's not the rainbows and butterflies it is not the spiritual bypass it's not the constant glass half full thing positive you know where all of that is great and it there's a place for it the healing is in the hardship. The healing is, you know, in the 3 a.m. in my bathtub with a glass of wine, like Mm -hmm. trying to figure out where the hell my life is going and, and how I got to this point. Like that is what healing looks like. And so when, you know, people see me and they don't really see the, the work that's being done, they just see maybe on social media that something happened. And then all of a sudden I'm like smiling and fine and taking clients and, you know, doing all the things, um, I try to be as authentic as possible without being, you know, triggering to people constantly, because I do know that I, I go through some things that, you know, I'm afraid might trigger others, but it's just, the healing is, is really, sometimes it's scary, and it's dark, and it's, um, it's hard, but it's so worth it, it's so worth it at the end. 
so, I mean, you have to, you have to sit in it, I guess, right? Long yeah, enough to, yeah. as uncomfortable mm-hmm. as it is, I guess you have to sit in it and just, oh, soak. Um, which yeah. I guess that's exactly, is that, is that why women take so many baths? Cause they're good at soaking in this stuff. <laughs> yeah. And- well, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> totally, totally. I mean, I, I need have, to take more I, baths. Yeah. I have so much, um, air, fire and, uh, earth in my chart that I have no water so I feel like when I take a bath it just balances out you know myself and I have a lot of good thoughts like in the shower and in the bath and it's very much like a cleansing ritual for me mm-hmm. whether it be a shower or a bath you know you take that and you set an intention like a and, body and mind kind of thing yeah for yeah, that's sure. cool. so yeah if I set an intention you know in the bath and I'm sitting there writing in my journal or reading or listening to a podcast um I really like to listen to Ram Dass in the bath. <laughs> Maybe that's where all my philosophy comes from. Maybe um, so. <laughs> but yeah, and then when you picture all the negativity kind of washing away with the water, um, it's really helpful to just kind of clear and center your mind. I, I'm picking up on so many insightful things that I am not incorporating well enough. I, I def, you know what? If I'm going to do baths, though, I need like a really nice, big, massive yeah. tub. Does it have to be jetted? Yeah. I have a jet tub and it's amazing. Um, I do like, and that was one thing when I was buying my house, I was like, I need a giant bathtub. Um, so that's, you know, that's one thing I am very happy that I have, but at the end of the day, you could do the same thing in the shower. Um, yeah. it, it works either way. And, and, you know, I do know that I'm dropping a lot of bombs and a lot of things for people to take away, but I think the most important thing is just starting small. Um, and knowing that change doesn't happen overnight. And, you know, when we create a, a new change or a new routine or a new habit, um, we got to start small because when it gets, it gets so overwhelming sometimes. And some days I have to wake up and think like, what is one thing I can do differently today that will benefit me tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really just where I start because sometimes I want to lay in the ditch you know, and the metaphorical ditch. And like my therapist says to me all the time, you know, you can lay in the ditch if you need to lay in the ditch, but don't pack up and live there. Yeah. Um, you know, and sometimes when I feel like I want to lay in the ditch, um, I, I take one thing and I say, okay, this is what I'm going to do today. And this is how it's going to benefit me, you know, spiritually, emotionally, physically, whether that's going to the gym or reading 10 pages of a book or, watching a documentary or playing with my dogs. Um, it really is just doing one thing differently every day that, that is going to allow you that change over time. You know, like we talked about, it does take time and it's just the, the choice in what you do every single day. Yeah. It's, <clears throat> it, it seems like there's such a, a power in, in the small itty bitty things, even though the world presents this idea that, Everything has got to be big and large and, you know, taken on as, you know, take on an army, you know, as a battle, you know, or, you know, as an army of one. Um, And I guess to anybody that kind of has a spot where they feel helpless and they feel stuck. um, What do you think that you'd tell them the most? Mm. Like, how, how would you, how would you get somebody to, I don't, I don't want to say motivation because it's just like motivation is this huge thing right now. Right. But how, how would you influence somebody to move just, just a little bit? 
Yeah, I think it's, it's identifying really first and foremost what their strengths are. That was yeah. really beneficial for me. Um, it was identifying what my strengths were and looking at my own life and being like, okay, am I integrating that or am I not integrating that? Mm-hmm. Because if I'm feeling stuck, I'm probably not living my life authentically to me. And starting with what my strengths were, you know, I can't remember the top. I think I'm sure my number one strength was empathy. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm sure it was, um, you know, but how am I living my life? where that plays a significant role, you know, am I creating good relationships? Am I having meaningful conversations? Am I, you know, or am I being a recluse? And am I not talking to anybody? You know, those are the things where I'm like, okay, you know, I've been in my house for a couple of weeks. I haven't really talked to anybody. I haven't really had many meaningful conversations. I haven't had a chance to catch up with my friends or to see how my family was doing. I should probably start there. Um, and that is, I think, you know, something that is super beneficial to somebody that's stuck because, you know, they're leaning into themselves and they're, they're creating, um, a motivational habit for themselves, Mm -hmm. um, every day where they can say, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to do one thing that, that I feel like I want to do today and go from there. I, I wish that I could soak up more. <laughs> I wish I could soak up more of this. You're kind of a powerhouse, man. Um, Thank you. Where, so now that you've kind of gone, so you're 28 now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I turned 28 so, in May. Yeah. So. Oh, you're not even 28. Okay. Yep. Close. Got ahead of myself. Um, so now that you have kind of gotten to this point and, and you tell me, I don't, you know, I don't want to assume your chapter is, is finished yeah. or whatever. Right. But where do you see, where do you see yourself going from this point as far as the direction of your life, like the work that you want to do, the things that you're, that you're into, like what's, what's inspiring to you? I guess just asking because, you know, I think that hearing other people's stories is, is something that is influential, is influential to all of us, I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, Storytelling is a huge part of my life. It's been a catalyst in in so many areas. And so I think I'll start there is to just continue storytelling, is to Mm -hmm. continue um, telling my story and coaching. um, I am, I live for the moment that I can share a nugget with somebody and I see that light bulb and that perspective change. Um, That is, I remember, you know, when I was just trying to figure out who I was and what my purpose was and what my, my life was going to look like. And hearing a little nugget of wisdom that changed my life was amazing. And to be that for somebody else is why I'm here. Um, it's really why I'm here. And so I, I think throughout all of this, and you talk about resiliency and assigning meaning, all of these things that I've been through have given me the tools that I have now to share and to kind of walk next to somebody and support them on their journey of, you know, whether that's self-discovery or finding their purpose or getting unstuck or getting through something that's really difficult in their life. And so that's where I, that's where I want to be. Um, you know, I want to have a super thriving coaching practice. I have a couple of clients right now who I absolutely adore and I would love to be able to do this full time. 
Um, I'm also extremely interested in brain health and positive psychology and someday I'm definitely going to get a doctorate and in, in something like that trauma yeah. therapy. Um, you know, that's, that's where I see my life going. It's, uh, it's definitely made itself apparent to me in these past couple months, but that's, that's where I need to go. So. Awesome. So what do you think are the biggest, if, if somebody wanted to get an idea of where you're coming from, what are your go-to things as far as other influencers, as books that you read, like uh, some things that you've come across, like habits, what are like, yeah, especially that is, are there any habits that you really uh, take control of to, to help you and your journey and the way that you do things? Yeah, I definitely a 360 view of wellness. So mm-hmm. what you're putting in your body, what you're watching, who your friends are, who you're surrounding yourself with, um, what your job looks like every day, you know, is it something that is just draining you and you know how can you fix that it's it's really just the everyday things that people don't really pay a ton of attention to but um i think are so essential in creating you know a positive brain health and building that foundation where the stuff that we're talking about now is possible because if you know if i'm living my life in a way where um it's unhealthy and i'm not in the gym and i'm not putting good things in my body and I'm surrounding myself with negative media and negative friends, those, you know, your chances of being resilient through situations drastically decrease. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you look at the state of our world right now and just all the, the negativity, the harm that the negativity has done. I'm really seeing people just super stuck in this negative headspace. And so it's just really, you know, staying focused on what you're doing every day in order to get to where you want to be and establishing those goals. Um, I I talk about top down and bottom up um, approach a lot to healing and healing from trauma. And that just looks like paying attention to your nervous system. You know, I, I truly feel like up until this point, I've been in fight or flight for a lot of my life and that's taken a toll on my body. And so learning these things, you know, like EMDR, like getting a hot bath that really kind of level out our, our nervous system really allows us to, to better deal with things because mm-hmm. we're not in this fight or flight. We're in this balanced state. Um, you know, as, as far as other things, I mean, meditation is huge. Everyone in my life is so annoyed at me all the time because I say, well, did you meditate? <laughs> like, are you meditating? Um, and I feel like a broken record but at the end of the day it is so important in strengthening your prefrontal cortex and just you know that influences decision making it influences so many things that are so important and you know I think when people feel like they're completely out of control in their life these are the places to start because it kind of helps you build that strength to you know realize that you you do have control over it we're just making some some poor decisions. So, um, as far as, Ooh, as far as books, um, the body keeps the score has got to be my number one. <laughs> Heard of that one. Um, I have not read it. Yeah. By Dr. Bessel van der Kolk. I mean, it's, it's so good. Um, and it's so, I mean, I geek out. I'm a super nerd at this point. I'm like, I've, it's so weird at this point. I've never been into like 
brain, the brain or anatomy or anything like that. But at this point in my life, like brain health is so fascinating to me just because like the fact that, you know, we have neuroplasticity in general and we can change literally the, the makeup of our brain is just fascinating. Um, and so that book is really, really great. It's a little bit intense. I will say um, it can be triggering to some people that do have some trauma. Um, so I think on the, you know, a better one that's a little less intense is how to do the work. Um, it's by Dr. Nicole LaPera and she's the holistic psychologist on Instagram. Um, if anybody wanted to go give her a follow, she's, she's just, she takes everything I believe and puts it into this little nugget of a book. Yeah. Um, which is really so good. you're just like, like nodding your head the whole time yes, the whole time and I'm listening it you know and actually it was a book my therapist recommended because she's very much like it aligns with her practice as well which is super cool um but you know when she told me to read it I, she was like get the audiobook that way you can be done with it before our next session so I'm literally in the car like yeah I wish I had a highlighter right now like I would <laughs> highlight the shit out of this book if I had it in front of me um so it's really, really good. I mean, it goes into like reparenting, it goes into attachment styles, it goes into so many things that are so important. Um, so really, you know, those two are at the top of my brain. I have a million more, but you know, we'll stick, we'll stick with those. <laughs> Don't we all? Uh, I, I'm pretty sure I've got an extra like 30 books that I have bought over the last half a year that I just got excited about the library, but I haven't gotten to them yet. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So do I. I mean, I have books right now that I'm halfway done with and then I'll start something else. And it's just, you know, I, that's kind of where I'm at in my healing journey. It's like, I, I have to, you know, kind of ride with what I'm feeling at the moment. And then, yeah. you know, once it's, it's not really, I don't know if it's not really serving me in the, in the time that the things that I'm dealing with, I move on to the next. And then I keep bouncing back and forth. And I find that I, I, pick up a book at the exact time that I need it. So yeah, it's, it's almost, uh, I mean, prophetic maybe, or yeah, I mean, I, I have this little, like this, this daily guidance from your angels, Doreen virtue, like book here. And it's just like that, you know, like I open it and, um, you know, they have little messages in here. And the one message that I opened right before this podcast was, um, you've asked, now let the universe unfold as it should. You don't have mm -hmm. to worry about what your message is because, you know, you're fully aligned with what you should be doing. So I was just like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> Makes sense. Everything's good yeah. to go now. Yeah. And so that's, that's kind of how I view books is that, you know, I, I, I read what I need to read um, in the moment that it's the most helpful. No, that's a, that's a really good way to look at it because, you know, maybe it doesn't mess with your flow so much. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, you can and go I, off yeah. of like what you're feeling at the moment, I guess. Yeah. And there I am assigning meaning again, See? <laughs> you know, I, I just, and instead of getting into the headspace where I'm like, gosh, I can't finish one book to save my life instead, I, you know, and that's kind of me doing that in action is, you know, okay, well, I read what I need to read when I need to read it. And it's not me. I'm not a failure. I'm just, I'm just doing what I need to do, you know? No, totally. Yeah. Um, so to sum all of this up, 
Mm. If you were to do your best in this task right here with the experience of your life and everything that you've gone through, how would you define being rebel-minded? I, I love it so much. And you know, when I hear it, I think of Star Wars. I have to just yes. say. Yes, yes, Star Wars fan. Yes, and I think of it because, and you know, I, I can't remember which Star Wars I was watching in the movie theater, but it just reminds me, the rebels are using the force for good. Yeah. Right? So we, we all have this power. We all have this intuition. We all have this ability to do all of these great things. And, you know, being rebel-minded is just having the courage to do the hard thing that will benefit you in the end. You know? Boom. Yeah. And, and I just, I love, I just think, I, I think of Star Wars. <laughs> I, think of, I think of the force and I think of, you know, the power that we all have inside of us. That's impressive, actually. I did not even make that connection. That's very well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I loved it so much. And that's literally, that's what I thought about when I first heard that question. So I had to roll with it. I, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to out myself as being a huge nerd, but it's fine. You know what? I, sometimes I think if you're not a nerd, then what, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're not learning, right? That's true. That's At some point. True. Um. Leanne, where are the best places for people to find you, to check in with you, to maybe get coaching with you, to get your ideas, to get your influence, to get inspiration from you? Yeah, absolutely. So right now my website is under construction. I'm currently teaching myself how to design. Um, and I did design a website, <laughs> but I am having some issues with some, you know, coding, which I'm trying to teach myself through. So we're having some issues there, but on Instagram, I am at Leanne Leibelsberger. It's a very huge combination of personal and coaching life. I don't, I don't have a separate one because at this point I am who I am, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so I do have a link there that people can click on to book sessions. Um, I'm also at LB Lifestyle and Fitness on Facebook. There is a separate coaching page there. And I think the link is there as well to book with me. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, you know, thinking that there's a podcast in my future, maybe. So um, hopefully people stay tuned for that. So I think that'll be really fun. I think it's, it's an adventure. My husband and I are, are thinking about diving into. So, well, you can't do anything better than lean in, right? Yeah, it's exa exactly. You gotta <laughs> do what's scary. You gotta do the scary things. So, Yeah. Well, Leanne, it's been awesome talking with you. I loved your story. It was it was quite Thank fantastic. You. Um, you are a very inspirational person, and you've got a lot of resilience. If that's the the key thing that we're taking out today, very well done. I I know you Thank don't you. like plastic trophies, but I give you a gold. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take that one over. The, you know, the plastic one anyway, <laughs> for sure. So I appreciate you coming on, and uh, thank you for everything you've done today. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you to everybody out there that's listening today. I um, hope you guys go find Leanne. And thanks for joining us on the Rebel Minded Podcast. I'm Zach, your host. I'm out. Here we are again at the end. I'm starting to tear up a little bit. And I just want you to know that I'm going to miss you. And I appreciate you. And I love you. And I hope that whatever you're after, you keep fighting for it. Your experience is uniquely your own, and so that means so are the challenges that you face.
stay strong, and don't let anyone diminish who you are or what you dream of being. As your friend and fellow flawed human, stay rebel-minded, my friends. Until next time. What dogs do you have? I want to know what dogs you have. Okay. Um, I have a Siberian Husky. Oh, he's five. Is he a talker? Yeah. Oh my God, he's a talker. (laughs) Yeah. Um, In fact, he will yell at two different things. Sonny and Cher's song, uh, Little Man, for whatever reason. For a particular song? Yeah. And a J.G. Wentworth commercial. (laughs) I, they're fantastic, right? They're just so happy all the time. They are. They're just too smart for their own good. That's oh, totally. The problem. And now my, my female, because we have two males and now a female, she runs the whole house. I mean, I, oh, thought, she's the that alpha, I, huh? I thought that I was the boss bitch and that, nope, <laughs> nope, nope. There is, there is no doing anything without Nova saying so. So <laughs> That's fantastic. So she's a great dog. She's amazing, but she's just um, definitely super bratty. Yeah, my dog started out as an outside dog, and he start and you know he w- was never allowed on anything, and that did not last very long. Mm. He became inside for sure. You know, I pitied him, obviously. Uh, for sure. And then you know, getting on the bed was I couldn't. You know, I just now I have to just deal with the hair. Like it's like, whatever. I have three vacuum cleaners, if that says anything. (laughs) One for each dog. (laughs) And a Roomba that does nothing. That doesn't help at all. Oh, yeah. Totally. Those don't do anything as far as dog hair. I have a a sign that says uh, dog hair, a condiment, and a fashion accessory. Because if you're in my house, there's going to be dog hair on you, on your food, in your mouth. like Everywhere. I I can't help it. With two huskies, it's just.